there was a time America was like the world's superpower. It was the land of a thousand and one dreams and every dream that you had came true. But that is not the case anymore. The America that we know right now, even from just watching on the news, is not a very attractive place as compared to the America that we grew up seeing on TV and hearing about. And Professor Jeffrey Satch says that it's America's own doing that has undone all the good that America had been able to put in place over the years. And he says, right now, there isn't anything that America can hold on to or brag about when it comes to being a better country than all the other countries in the world. I think if you step back and especially if, uh, you know, take a not American mindset, but look at America, the most notable thing for me is, as a society, we seem completely incapable right now of solving even one problem. We're just not solving anything. Uh, we have falling life expectancy in the United States. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, of course, the opioid epidemic. We have a health care system that is twice the cost of any other healthcare system in the world. Yes. We're at perpetual war in the Middle East. We have the highest income inequality in American history right now. We have uh, crumbling uh, parts of our uh, infrastructure. We know it's been falling apart for a long time. But administration after administration recently, we haven't been able to build one mile of fast rail. Uh, we're patching at best, but not designing anything for the 21st century. And you step back and you say, that is really uh, a peculiar political system. Uh, put aside all the debates about uh, what kind of uh, system uh, the U.S. Congress or parliamentary system, or, just ask a question, can a society address real problems and move to solve them? Yeah. And I would say America has been unable to do that for probably about 30 years now, uh, where we identify the problem and nothing happens. Trump said, okay, I'm a builder, I'm going to build infrastructure. That was the last we ever right. heard of it. It's not going to happen right. on this man's watch, be sure of it. Yep. But I have to say also with the President Obama, he gave a lot of speeches about infrastructure too. He didn't get one mile of fast rail built in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, he made a stimulus in 2009-2010 during the financial crisis a decade ago, but it was a blip. Spend more, spend less. End of story. Where was the structural change? Where were the long-term solutions? Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys on black people, Africa, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. I want to have a conversation today around the interview that Professor Jeffrey Satch did on the end of American exceptionalism. I love Jeffrey Satch. He taught me a while back in school and his lectures were the most relatable things because to have somebody at an Ivy League school who's predominantly grown up in America and lived there for, for a better part of his life have, have such an accurate 
grasp and and perception of, of Africa and the rest of the world is so amazing. And also he's one of the people who he will not sugarcoat things. He will say them as they are, particularly with regards to the West and the current state of things and the economy. So in this interview, he was just talking about the end of American exceptionalism. There was a time that America was it in terms of there were enough jobs, systems worked, healthcare worked, infrastructure worked, technology worked. You know, Americans were happy people, healthy people. It was that place that everybody looked up to in terms of we would like to grow and develop and become like that place one day. It was that place where even those who were not Americans dreamt of risking everything, selling everything to go there and start a new life. But that's not the case anymore. A lot has changed and, you know, globalization and people also growing their economies. And so there's a lot of catch up game. And if you don't put in the work, then you'll fall behind. And so to try and maintain that exceptionalism, um, America has tried the um, blackmail game, particularly when we look at uh, people like China who are making a lot of strides in technology. What America has done is blackmail China and every other person that wants to work with China. China is a pioneer in technology, for example, 5G technology, things like TikTok. And we've seen America say, oh, we're going to ban this. Oh, we cannot work with this Huawei technology that is a Chinese company. They're having a lot of issues with this, guys. And Professor Jeffrey Sachs says, that's not the way to build forward. It's like it's either America is the pioneer of something or nobody else can do it first. If you try, we are going to find all the possible ways to derail you. And that beats the point of the general good because, okay, the only issue is America did not invent it first, but can you look beyond that and think of the greater good that it will have for the rest of the world? Does the good supersede the evil? Then go ahead and do it. But with America, if they did not do it first, then they're going to, to highlight the evil and look down upon the good just because it's not them to derail the progress of other countries. And China is a great example. China's rising technologically. China is reaching uh, cutting edge in absolutely key technologies, whether it's uh, 5G and, and uh, broadband, artificial intelligence, uh, the whole digital revolution. Phenomenal capacities. I say good and fine because that means that these technologies are more available around the world to raise living standards and improve mm -hmm. our lives. But from an American uh, security point of view in the exceptionalist mode, uh, we have to stop that. The way that Trump is trying to stop that is to scramble everything about the international system, start new uh, trade wars, and somehow try to bring China to uh, to heal. Ridiculous, uh, impossible, self-destructive, wrong-headed, and missing all the important things of our time, like uh, can we get our heads around the environmental crisis? Can we uh, work together uh, with China to uh, address absolutely global concerns on health, on environment, on migration, on uh, a lot of the turmoil in the world? No, we're so determined to keep this primacy that we're going to do a lot of damage unless we rethink yeah. this. Jeffrey Satch also talks about American exceptionalism in the way that um, America is not what it used to be. Um, the quality of life has dropped. Um, the standard of living has dropped. 
it's no longer a place that even serves the people that live there really well. It's become technically a joke to even the rest of the world. Um, when you watch the news, all the things that are happening in America, um, gun violence is on the rise every single day. And now it's not just police against black people. We are seeing teenagers, children carry guns, go to schools and shoot people. There's, there's technically a mass shooting every single week in America and in a school, you know. Um, unemployment rates the the job the job industry um there there are problems there there are problems with the wage that people make there's a lot of problems with healthcare. there was a time i was watching a video of people comparing the price of healthcare in the uk and in america and it was almost like three times four times to get the same kind of healthcare you'd get in the uk in the us and jeffrey Sachs says if this is not a wake-up call that our exceptionalism days are gone, then he doesn't know what will wake Americans up. I think if you step back, and especially if uh, you know, take a not-American mindset, but look at America, the most notable thing for me is, as a society, we seem completely incapable right now of solving even one problem. We're just not solving anything. Uh, we have falling life expectancy in the United States. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, of course, the opioid epidemic. We have a health care system that is twice the cost of any other health care system in the world. Yes. We're at perpetual war in the Middle East. We have the highest income inequality in American history right now. We have uh, crumbling uh, parts of our uh, infrastructure. We know it's been falling apart for a long time. But administration after administration recently, we haven't been able to build one mile of fast rail. Uh, we're patching at best, but not designing anything for the 21st century. And you step back and you say, that is really uh, a peculiar political system, uh, put aside all the debates about uh, what kind of uh, system uh, the U.S. Congress or parliamentary system, or just ask a question, can a society address real problems and move to solve them? Yeah. And I would say America has been unable to do that for probably about 30 years now, uh, where we identify the problem and nothing happens. Trump said, okay, I'm a builder, I'm gonna build infrastructure. That was the last we ever right. heard of it. It's not going to happen right. on this man's watch, be sure of it. Yep. But I have to say also with the President Obama, he gave a lot of speeches about infrastructure too. He didn't get one mile of fast rail built in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, he made a stimulus in 2009, 2010, during the financial crisis a decade ago, but it was a blip. Spend more, spend less. End of story. Where was the structural change? Where were the long-term solutions? We don't have that, and yet we're the number one country. We run the world. Uh, we're now uh, dictating through the international financial system. Sanctions on this one, sanctions on that one. You can't use the dollar. We'll punish you if you go to the international uh, criminal court and so on. 
as if uh, we're running the show globally. And, okay, for a moment when a bully talks like that, people in other countries stand back. But it's more like the cartoon character that ran off the cliff, doesn't realize it, thinks everything's fine, and then... And that is really what this book is uh, saying. We need a conceptual rethink of where we are in a world where the American century, for basically the reasons of the spread of knowledge, technology, capacity around the world, means we're not running the show. Mm-hmm. Where the spread of problems around the world means, hey, we better cooperate. And we really need to rethink what are our priorities. We remain with the institutional priorities of this quasi-imperial state of ours, which overthrows governments or puts sanctions or dictates to others what to do, but it's not going to work. Finally, he talks about the concept of a communal nature. So um, America is very capitalistic. It's every man for themselves. It's get rich, get rich quick at the expense of every other person. And when you look at countries like Scandinavia, it's everybody must have something. And so, you know, Wall Street bankers will tell you, no, that's not the way to go. But if you look at Scandinavian countries, everybody has a little, there's no like there are super billionaires in that country, but the quality of life for majority of the citizens is at a decent rate. Well, when you look at America, the rich are extremely rich and the poor are extremely poor. And um, social mobility and gene coefficiency are very questionable in a place like America, while when you're in Scandinavian countries, the ability to reduce the gap between the rich and the poor and the ability for you to go from being poor and work your way up is higher. So your chances are better in Scandinavian countries. And Dr. Jeffrey Satch or Professor Jeffrey Satch says, if we cannot see that our system is broken and we need to rethink the system and draw examples from, from places like Scandinavia where it's working for them, then we're doomed doomed. The most ridiculous things that we're all subjected to uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, is the endless stream of Wall Street Journal editorials warning us don't become like Europe, especially not like Scandinavia. Mm. And uh, they love to run uh, anti-Sweden stories and so on. If you have the chance, and I would say to anybody watching, go to Stockholm or Oslo or Copenhagen, take a look around and look at that horrible crisis of uh, these countries. Uh, The fact is uh, these are... uh, amazing places. Uh, actually, unlike uh, our infrastructure, the escalators and elevators work. Uh, the uh, roads are quite uh, beautiful. The airports are gleaming. Uh, the uh, idea of uh, environmentally friendly design is uh, confirmed. They're not falling apart. They're kind of gorgeous. Uh, and uh, they enjoy, and every worker enjoys, five or six weeks summer paid vacation Mm -hmm. as a matter of every worker's right. So the starting point when uh, you have that visiting delegation, these are people living very, very comfortably. Uh, They're living in societies that uh, actually are working functionally as 
integrated mm -hmm. societies. Of course, they have the stresses. They have the arguments about migration, about refugees. Yes. That's yes. for sure. But these are places that are working, functioning, investing, and they're living in the 21st century, actually, yes. because they know the future technologies and they're aiming for those and they're making changes. And what always impressed me about those countries is they're really market-oriented. They're not socialist in uh, the idea administrative. of right. state yeah. ownership and so forth. But exactly what you said, they take care of people uh, mm -hmm. sensibly. Everyone gets health care. Everyone gets quality education, paid uh, leave time, uh, vacation time, and so forth, so that as technologies improve, uh, even in the face of all this global competition, quality of life keeps getting better and on a very broad base. Now they're arguing, well, we want it for us. We don't want to take in more migrants or refugees and so forth. That debate is understandable, but the quality of life is exceptionally good pretty much across the board, actually. In the U.S., we are still a dynamic society because we're still capable of putting new technologies in place. And it's fair to say the America invented the internet and it invented uh, the new world of apps and it did a lot of things. But we do not look after each other at all right. anymore. Uh, the Republican Party, by the way, though I'm not especially partisan, but the Republican Party is on one idea and one idea only, uh, and that is close down government. Uh, whether it's regulation, environmentalism, uh, or basic support for basic needs of people, cut taxes, and by the way, now they cut taxes uh, no matter that we're at a nearly trillion dollar a year deficit, and now they want another round of tax cuts. Okay, we can head to fiscal bankruptcy as fast as they want, but how blind. So that ideology no, we don't have a society. We have us, the winners, and be damned, the losers, is not going to work. And then Trump comes along and says, yeah, you're losing because of those guys, the Mexican rapists and, uh, and uh, the terrorists and uh, the Chinese cheaters and all the rest. Well, let me know what you think about what Professor Jeffrey Sachs says. Do you think the days of American exceptionalism are over? Or do you think there's still room for redemption and America just needs to do a thing or two right and they'll be able to go back on the track? My name is Andrea Ganga. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you again next time.